Hello Brightsiders! Do you want to ride the world's fastest train ever? So you're at the station waiting for the train and suddenly a strong gust of wind blows up and people's hats fly up in the air. This gust was caused by the fastest train in the world, which just passed your station at 375 miles per hour without making a sound. What is this miracle? It is the SC Maglev train developed by Japan Railways Company. And it has set a new world record for speed and will connect Japan's largest cities, Tokyo, Nagoya, and Osaka. The entire route will take 67 minutes. So this train could make the trip from New York to Washington DC in just one hour. That's faster than getting there by a plane. And at the same time, the train wouldn't create noise or pollute the atmosphere. After all, it doesn't even have an engine. And it doesn't make the wheels clatter against the rails because the train levitates in the air and doesn't touch the ground. And there aren't even any rails. Do you want to know how it works? Let me tell you. Let's take a look under the skin of the train. All the train uses to move is magnets, or rather, superconducting magnets. These ovals are our super magnets. So, what's so special about them? If you run an electric current through them, they create a strong magnetic field around themselves. You can see it on these lines. And the more robust the current, the bigger and more powerful the magnetic field is. But the electric current gradually heats the magnet and its efficiency goes down. The magnetic field gets weaker too. Because of the high temperature, the magnet creates more resistance to the current. A regular phone charger works pretty much the same way. The wire can get hot when you charge your phone because it creates a slight resistance to the electric current, like in our electromagnets on the train. The obvious solution is to cool the magnet down to turn it into a superconductor. We can do this if we reach a temperature of minus 440 degrees Fahrenheit. It's almost like the temperature of outer space. At that temperature, the magnet material stops resisting electric current altogether. That's why it's called a superconductor. The main advantage of this is that we don't need to supply electric current to the magnet all the time. We only need to charge the magnet once. Then the current will circle inside it indefinitely and the magnetic field will be solid. So how do we reach this super low temperature? To cool the electromagnet, we need a liquid helium tank. This frigid substance circulates in the case around the magnet and cools it. As it does, the helium evaporates and goes to a kind of a refrigerator. There it's cooled again and compressed to its original state. And the liquid helium is sent back into the tank at the end of the cycle. But even that's not enough to keep the magnet in a superconductor state. So the engineers added another heat shield. It's a kind of a box with liquid nitrogen circulating in it. 
it goes through the same cycle as the liquid helium. Such blocks of four superconducting magnets and cooling units are installed along the entire length of the train on either side. And these magnets are only half of the force that makes the train move. The other half is hidden in the guideways. So what's inside there? Similar O-shaped electromagnets are mounted on the sides of the guideway. The polarity alternates between north-south and north-south, north-south, and it just keeps going like that. Just like the polarity of the magnets inside the train. Now, let's put our trains on a guideway. You can see that the magnets inside the train and the guideway are on the same level. So, how do we make a train move without it having an engine? We know that the opposite poles of magnets, north and south, will attract, and the matching charges will push back like north and north. These arrows show the forces of attraction and repulsion of the magnets, and all the forces here are directed diagonally. The resulting force here is directed forward, and the train is starting to move forward a little bit. Now, the train has to reverse the polarity of its magnets. This is done by changing the direction of the electric current inside the magnets. Again, there are those forces of attraction and repulsion between the train and the guideway, and the train keeps going. The driver can adjust the train's speed by changing the polarity of the magnets. The more often north changes to south, the faster the train will go. Why doesn't the train fall off to the ground? It is the most exciting thing about the train. Levitation. Many people think that the train doesn't touch the ground because the bottom of the train is a giant magnet. At the same time, the guideway is a huge magnet of the same polarity. The magnets repel and the train levitates. That's not true. The magnets on the sides of the guideway do all the work. They're the same O-shaped magnets, only twisted so that they look like a number 8. Imagine a pair of magnets within either side of the train is one giant magnet. The north is on the left and the south is on the right. It hangs precisely in the middle of the 8-shaped magnet when the train rides. But gravity forces the train down. Then the train's magnetic field charges this 8-shaped coil. Now an electric current is moving in it too. As a result, the top loop of the magnet is charged south and the bottom loop north. The magnets interact and the resulting force is directed upward and the train rises. The same thing happens when the train goes down. The H-shaped magnets are charged so that the top loop is north and the bottom south. The resulting force is downward and the train goes down. It happens on its own thanks to the laws of physics, without the driver even needing to do anything. And the train keeps going, floating above the guideway at the height of about 4 inches. That's like the height of a toothpaste tube. <laughs> so the train can only levitate when it moves? Exactly. That doesn't mean that it just falls to the ground when it arrives at the station. 
Maglev has regular wheels for this as well. The train stands on the wheels at the station and then picks up the speed on them. The wheels retract like airplane landing gear when it reaches about 95 miles per hour. And the driver only lowers them when they need to stop at the station again. But if it doesn't have wheels, it can't turn, right? Well, yes, but it turns and maneuvers using the guideway. It is done by these identical H-shaped coils we've seen before. They're connected to each other under the guideway's surface. When the train shifts to the right, its magnets charge the coils. But because the train's magnets are more toward the right coil, it's charged more. And the magnetic field is much stronger there. It creates a force that pushes the train back to the center of the guideway. The same thing happens if the train moves to the left. The coil charges and the magnetic field pushes the train to the center. Ding ding! The bell sounds and the maglev departs from the station in Tokyo. It accelerates to the speed where the magnetic field will allow it to levitate and the driver removes the wheels and increases the speed. The train reverses the polarity of the magnets in a fraction of a second and the train accelerates. In an hour, the train arrives at its destination. The driver slows the machine down and the magnetic field becomes weaker. It's time to let the wheels out. The train lands and begins to slow down. Such an advanced technology must have a lot of problems, right? Well, yes. The first is size. The maglev is much smaller and can carry fewer passengers. Also, the rails can change direction for a train in a couple of seconds, but to change a guideway direction for a maglev would require more expensive and much slower technology. So, on the same stretch of guideway, high-speed trains on rails can run every 3 minutes compared to 10 for a maglev train. Another problem is aerodynamics. The faster the train goes, the harder it is for it to get through the air. At 190 miles per hour, the maglev and the other super-fast trains use about the same amount of energy. But at the speeds above 310 miles per hour, the maglev will consume four times as much electricity. And given the small number of passengers on the train, tickets to it will be so much more expensive than conventional trains. In addition, the maglev can't run on traditional rails and the engineers will need to build an utterly new guideway route. And they'll need to drill a lot of tunnels which will make the project even more expensive. So. Why would Japan need such an expensive and impractical solution? For several reasons. The first is seismic activity. Japan is the site of many earthquakes and traditional rails often get damaged. An earthquake can destroy the entire infrastructure in just a couple of minutes. Maglev's guideways will be laid further off the coast in the so-called green zone earthquakes won't threaten the train or the guideways. And the main reason, this high-speed train will connect three heavily populated cities. The route from one to another will take one hour at most. It will give a massive chance for overall economic growth and could bring in a lot of money in the future. Also, 
Japan is considering selling this train to other countries. So, would you want this train in your state? And if so, where would your first trip be to? Leave the answers in the comments.